0: Hello, and welcome to Morlocks, a Let's Experiment show uh, about finding new homes for the lost and forgotten characters of Marvel Crisis Protocol. I'm your host, Lexa White, and with me today is
1: Pat Dunford. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you, Lexa. Thank you for having me on the show.
0: Thank you for appearing. Uh, Would you mind introducing yourself for those who may not know you?
1: Sure. So, as you just said, my name is Pat Dunford. I've been playing Marvel Crisis Protocol since the game came out, and I've been creating a bunch of content for it. Um, You can find the podcast that I do weekly with Sung Tzu on acrossthebifrost.com. It is called Across the Bifrost. Mm -hmm. We also make the website and use it as a portal to host a bunch of different content from different creators. Including Morlocks is on there. Oh, yes. So um, Morlocks and tons of other podcasts can be found there. Uh, In addition to that, I I play a lot of the game, and I've been competing offline and online, um, most notably in tabletop simulator leagues, where I've been doing pretty well. I won the last season, as well as season two, and I just yesterday made it into the top cup for season five, so looking forward to uh, representing myself again in the finals. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. Um, And what are you playing currently?
1: Oh, I'm playing a bunch of stuff. I changed so much. Um, I've been playing Cabal recently, trying out Sin as a leader, and I've had a lot of fun with her. Um, being able to maximize Crossbones, um, who I think is a, a popular topic mm-hmm. on uh, on Morlocks, um, has been really really nice. And as well as like playing these like very wide teams with a bunch of two threat characters, has been unconventional and fun.
0: Yes, I've been going the other direction with Sin, it seems. Um, What's that? I've been playing Ultron with Sin. Ooh, tell me more. Um, Basically, you play Ds and Bs and you run Ultron onto their points. And it's like, you don't care if he gets a bunch of fire because he's Ultron and he'll just come back, but he causes disruption with Red Mayhem.
1: Mm, so you're you're taking Age of Ultron taxes card to make sure that he's going to stick around for the whole game?
0: Yeah, and because she gets values just by having bodies on the table, having a body on the table that sticks around so consistently with Age of Ultron uh, is really powerful from what I've found.
1: Yeah, I can see that because um, I'm not running that many tough characters. I mean, medium tough, like, you know, mm-hmm. I've got some martial artists in there with Mystique and whatnot. And, of course, Crossbones is pretty tough. But one thing that I've found is I don't always get to maximize Red Mayhem. And I like your approach of trying to take advantage of the leadership a bit more.
0: Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And it's been fun. I was already knocked out of contention before I brewed up this list. And so far, I'm 1-0 in the league with it. Um, Sadly, I had to concede one of my games because my computer went on the fritz.
1: Well, that's unfortunate. But good thing it's working now and we can record the podcast.
0: Yep. Um, so yeah, so I've been having a lot of fun with it. Um, but that being said, who did you bring for us to talk about today?
1: So, I did not bring anyone that's in my cabal list, but I brought a favorite of mine, a classic character from the core set, Captain Marvel.
0: hmm One of the more interesting characters out of that core box.
1: Yes, and she's pretty unique in regards to what she does. She still has some things about her that... Um, no one else is really doing, right? No other characters have some of her effects in quite the same way that she does, so it's pretty yeah. cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, she ends up having... Uh, I think her big, like, marquee ability is her binary form, which gives her two extra dice on all on attack and defense rolls um, until her next activation.
1: Right, and... That's very unique in the game, right? There aren't very many characters I can think of at all that have effects like that that last for the whole round. Mm-hmm. And it's a really powerful effect. Uh, it's a really strong signature ability that you can certainly like, plan for in your team composition and your strategy.
0: For sure. Um, and she also has probably the most powerful energy defense in the game.
1: Yes, that's definitely one of her strengths. So she's got absorb energy. Which is a nut, which uh, along with binary form, these are the two things I had in mind when I said she does things that are pretty unique. Mm-hmm. Because actually, funnily enough, her and Ultron in the core set both have these these abilities that work defensively on wilds, and then no one, no other character has it, right? No. So it appeared twice in Cora, then hasn't come out since. Mm-hmm. Um, but absorb energy is really strong because um, it means when you roll a wild, you get to do like a reverse Pierce. You get to turn one of your the attacker's dice into a blank, and you get a power for it. And look, you're rolling four defense dice, six with binary form, so you're not guaranteed to get a wild by any means. But it just makes it so unappealing for people to target her with energy attacks Mm -hmm. because you don't know what Captain Marvel's going to roll before you attack her, and you're thinking, well, with Absorb Energy, there's a good chance my attack's going to do no damage, and she's going to get power. Mm -hmm. And especially for things like those five dice energy builder attacks that are really, really common uh, on a lot of characters... You just don't want to fire those at Captain Marvel.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, and another thing that I think is very unique to her is her energy blast attack. Um, mm, yeah. There are very few attacks that innately reroll roll any number of dice.
1: Right, and especially on a builder, right? You have to go all the way up to Magneto at 6th threat, getting it within range 2 to have that kind of effect.
0: Yeah, and she's doing it um, while it's only a flat builder, so it only have ever- a generates a one power, it's on a range four, four dice attack. That that suddenly turns a four dice attack into something really threatening.
1: Yeah, and actually, I think it's worth doing the maths on this. I actually, in, in preparation for our discussion, I did a little bit of quick maths um, to cover this point because I think it's easy to overlook just how powerful Reroll All is. Like, obviously, it's good, but how good is it? And uh, like, the, I think the napkin maths for it is... If you're rolling four dice, reroll roll all. That works out at being approximately the same damage as a six dice attack. Mm-hmm. And if she goes into binary form and she's doing six dice, re-roll all. That works out at being in the kind of the eight to nine dice attack range.
0: Yeah, and bear that... in
1: mind this is for yeah, this is just for her power building attack that she can be using twice a turn.
0: And moreover, binary form is not the only way to adjust attack dice in this game.
1: Absolutely. So she combos really well with other ways of boosting her damage dose. mm mm-hmm.
0: um, So there are a lot of interesting directions to go with her, I think, um, because she has these unique mechanics that you can ping off of and find places for where um, I don't think people are looking for them.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think she's one of those characters who... Is like, I think, hmm, so what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say she's a character who has very specific strengths that really reward you for being able to leverage them. Mm -hmm. And if you can create situations where you can reliably get to binary form and be in a position on the table where you can stand still and just make multiple attacks, then Captain Marvel can end up feeling much more powerful than her threat value would indicate. Right? She can be more mm-hmm. powerful than a lot of five-threat characters when she's in binary form, offensively and defensively. Very much so. Um, yeah, so I think it's really worth... She's not one of those characters who's hyper-flexible that you can just throw into a lot of this and be happy, but I think mm-hmm. it's really worth considering how to maximise her uh, to get the most mm-hmm. out of her because the reward is there. And mm-hmm. I think that's why she's such an interesting character to discuss on this pod.
0: Yeah, and... It's not like the rest of her card is bad. She has a throw that's a little expensive, but is a size three for medium distance, which is fairly solid for the price that it's asking. Mm-hmm. And then she has a spender that, if it doesn't KO, uh, daze the person, it gives out stagger on a wild.
1: Yeah, the old rocket punch. And, um, of course, that one also increases its chance to stagger when you're in binary form, because you're rolling more dice. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so those pieces definitely round out her kit nicely because they give her control, right? In addition to her really good consistent range damage, if things get a bit hairy for her, she can resort to throwing people away or she can really spend huge amounts of power to do huge amounts of damage if she has it. hmm
0: exactly. Um, so did you come in with any ideas about things you want to talk about affiliations-wise for her?
1: So, yeah, I did. I had a short list of affiliations I like with her um, Mm -hmm. in no specific order. So, I imagine you have some as well. So, how about I just start us off and we'll ping pong back and forth and see how we go. Mm -hmm. Sounded? Sounds great. So, the first one that I wanted to start with, um, like a conventional, an easy conventional choice to get us going. I think we've got to mention A-Force because she's affiliated to A-Force and this is... uh, an affiliation that synergizes really well with her that she's also affiliated in, mm-hmm. um, and in particular, it's just it's like I said, it's starting with an an easy and obvious thing, but it's it's going to go, it's doing our homework right and covering the basics. She-Hulk's leadership allows you to get extra power when any of your characters take damage. You can put that power on any character once per turn. So. The synergy here with Captain Marvel is Captain Marvel is incredibly good at leveraging high amounts of power and not very good at generating high amounts of power because of the cap on her her energy beam only giving one power and you just simply get your character's damaged as the game goes on and your first choice every time you take damage every turn is to give power to Captain Marvel so she can activate with the coveted 5 power go into binary form and pay you off in a big way for getting that um getting that power on her
0: Mm -hmm. and it leads to some really interesting affiliation math with how because of she-hulk and how expensive she is you can get some really powerful setups the three three uh piece setups at really low points values using her and she's a flyer so you've already satisfied that special delivery um kind of idea that you want to have
1: Yeah, I think she's definitely not the best character for using special delivery, but I like that she gives you another option for using it, right? Mm-hmm. I think if if I'm desperate and she's my only flyer, which it could especially be true if I want to play, say, a, a low model count list, maybe three model count at 14 or 15 threat, then fine. She can be that flyer, no problem. But more often, I'll take somebody else, like maybe Storm or Angela or Crystal or Wasp, mm-hmm. and they can do the job a little bit more efficiently. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to have this option so that you can improvise, right? And if your mm-hmm. plan A doesn't work, you've got somebody else with flight who can still uh, use special delivery later on.
0: Yeah. Um, the first one I want to talk about is
1: Inhumans. Mm, good. That was on my list too.
0: Um, They are very good at passing power around, so they can get you the power you want for binary form. Um, and with her consistent power gen, if you have something more important than her binary form, she has the consistent power gen to pass off power and, and supply towards that um, during the game. Um, as well as, she's, uh, we were talking about things that raise the attack dice into a character, Lockjaw is right there.
1: Yes, great point. So that extra attack dice goes further when you're rerolling, which is definitely true. Um I also like the synergy with Lockjaw in that Captain Marvel really wants to be making two attacks around. Yeah. And her mobility is pretty average, right? She's got no ways to move aside from spending actions, so there's always the opportunity cost of firing less energy beams um so she is a good like she plays as like a turret type character she wants to find somewhere on the table that's relevant stand there and shoot or game if she can and lockjaw helps her to do that right mm-hmm. um getting her there early so she can shoot more or even moving her to safety perhaps if you think she's in danger yeah so i, I like that inclusion a lot um i think it's very feasible that you might have A plan similar to A-Force, where she starts as your first choice for funneling power. And you might even create a list that is planning to send her a bunch of power in round one over the course of the round. uh, So that she can activate at the start of round two, having positioned herself in round one, uh, to binary form straight away and do really, really good damage.
0: And depending on how your opponent plays it, you can set up a turn one binary form, if I remember correctly.
1: I guess so right I mean so at the very basic level with only the leadership without any other cards or considerations uh you have your one power and you need four other characters to activate first and give her power Mm -hmm. uh so or or even fewer characters because of course she can take one during her own activation if -hmm. you've got someone that has more power than one to give her yeah um I think the biggest challenge there is actually getting her to a spot where she's also making relevant attacks but. I mean, we just talked about Lockjaw, right? Yeah. You could maybe live that dream of having Lockjaw move her forward, give her two power over two activations, the other Inhumans chip in, and then she's sitting in the middle of the table blasting away. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I've not tried that, but that is a great example of maximizing her. My goodness. That's really powerful. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Okay, I'm down for Captain Marvel in Inhumans. Sign me up. Mm -hmm. Um, the next one that I wanted to mention, um, and actually I'm going to mention this because it's a similar plan. So just riffing off in humans, I like her in Cabal led by Red Skull, um, for kind of similar reasons in that I like that Red Skull can teleport her around from the Lockjaw and then his leadership enables her to power up a bit faster, although not quite as fast as the Inhuman leadership.
0: Mm Mm-hmm but it also allows her to power up very consistently because it's very rare she's flubbing on dice on her uh, attacks.
1: Yes. So this is kind of like, it's not fully maximizing and supporting her like the Inhumans plan, but it's more, it's like you have to devote way less resources to get this plan to work, right? So it's still making good use out of her, but maybe not making her your plan A, but just knowing that she can be consistent and powerful in this spot.
0: Yeah. Um, a different timbre of, I think, uh, playing off of her is Criminal Syndicate. Ooh. Um, between uh, the fact that she is amazing on one of the two scenarios Criminal Syndicate likes to play naturally, which is Terrigan Mist.
1: Um hmm and, yeah, she's amu- amazing because she's immune to poison and she just wants to sit there and shoot
0: all game? Yes. Is that it? Uh-huh. And it requires either you're pulling a split, which means that you're already in an innate advantage because you can generally win out a split turn one just with the sheer size of your characters. Mm-hmm. Um, And then you have points advantage and you don't mind conceding the split for the rest of the game because you have the points advantage, so on and so forth. But if the... If they try and come into the point that you're holding with Captain Marvel, they are giving you what you want already with Captain Marvel, which is the double attacker turn.
1: Mm.
0: And they also recently got Craven the Hunter, who is another character who adds additional dice to attacks.
1: That's true, that's true. Um, so one thing to, I think to consider with this game plan, and maybe you have a plan for this, is one of Captain Marvel's weaknesses is... Her defenses, especially her physical defense, because of course physical is such a common attack type, <laughs> her defenses are quite low, aside from energy, um, when she's not in binary form. Yeah. And it sounds like in this particular game plan, Criminal Syntica aren't particularly good at generating power. Um, they don- their leadership doesn't help Captain Marvel there. Mm-hmm. So she's probably going to have a turn or two where she's not in binary form, but she's near the center of the table, because, well, the midpoint, because she's on a Terrigen right Mm -hmm. on the left or the right hand side yeah so that puts in a bit of danger do you have a plan to account for that
0: it's um a lot of this is um you have there are definitely the options of playing out of affiliation bodyguards what you're saying um and a lot of what i've seen of criminal syndicate is that you wrote you don't necessarily worry about a hundred percent Protecting the character that's on the point you're trying to control, you're worried mm-hmm. about being a force protection around that point, and right. uh, uh, Captain Marvel, unlike other point sitters, can actually also reach out and be some of her own force protection.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's true. It's not as much about keeping her alive when she's sitting on the point. It's making it's making a wall around her that she can influence across. But it's very hard and very taxing for your opponents to come in and try to influence her.
1: Yeah, I can see that. And I can see a situation where if you think the threat on her is too much, then you can send someone who's a little bit more expendable and a little bit hardier, Um, in to actually be the one scoring the point, right? Your Taskmaster, Crossbones, or Kingpin. Mm -hmm. And um, she can just do a single advance and then with her range four attack, be in range to attack any of the enemy team who are contesting the point. Yeah. Um, And you can just use her to punish your opponent trying to get even on the crisis.
0: And also, um, interestingly, she is a lot of the longer-range attacks that would really threaten her are also already energy. Mm -hmm. So she has that inherent uh, inherent way to go about protecting herself against those specific styles of attacks. And so it's really asking for a small subset as an answer for her.
1: Yeah, which is pretty cool. And I like that um, most of the criminals are a little bit better into physical. So there's a little bit of... I don't know if you see that as an advantage or not, but it can be nice to have a diversity of defenses and then no one opposing character is good against everyone that they're facing.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, especially with how certain criminals, crossbones, um, and the like, of are, are especially bad against energy attacks. And so having mm-hmm. an energy defense character that's exceptionally good at energy defense and dissuades those attacks going into it, as someone you can sit on a point, especially if your opposing team is heavily energy based you can do that and if your opponent's team is heavily physical based you can sit one of your physical like high characters on the point and support from just off the point in a way that they'll still want to be coming into your point but you can still in uh so you still get those double attacks off
1: yeah and on something like Terrigen Myths um, or even Mephisk, I guess, which is also popular for criminals. Mm-hmm. Um, having that skewed defense is especially relevant, right? Because the table is naturally going to split the opposing side so that they they send half their characters usually in one direction and half in the other because yeah. the objectives are so far apart. And if you save Captain Marvel to deploy near the end of the deployment phase, you can maybe line her up with some favorable matchups where she's facing down those energy attackers.
0: And she is also, also not terrible with stun. She generates a lot of single ticks of power.
1: Mm, That's true, yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't love it, but I also don't hate mm -hmm. it. I absolutely could see that. And you could have something... You could still play, like, Five Ride Criminals with her, right? You could have something like Kingpin, Taskmaster, Crossbones, Okoye, and Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. And that seems like an excellent plan, uh, doing what we just talked about on that 16th threat crisis.
0: Yeah. Um, And you can go even wider as you go up that uh, scale, up to that 20-point crisis.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we already talked about how it's nice that she is good at energy defense, and that complements the criminals. I think, obviously, the other side of that that's also worth mentioning is the criminals tend to all be physical attackers, Mm -hmm. right? And it could be really helpful to have Captain Marvel there to deal with certain uh, annoying enemies that are otherwise hard to deal with, like, for example, a Venom. Yeah, um, who is so hard for criminals to take out uh, unless they have some good energy attacks?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's criminals have gone a lot of space now that they also have also Mysterio in their ranks now. Um, to yeah, also, so Mystic attacker. Yes, to also expand their attack profile.
1: Yeah, which is great. Um, but if they want a good energy attacker, I mean, they've got the option of um, Killmonger. Yeah, who who is solid. But Captain Marvel is doing something very different, right? Because yep. Killmonger's up close and she is far away.
0: And Killmonger tends to not stay around the point. He tends to stay around your opponent's models, which is yep. a very different thing and not always what Criminal Syndicate wants to be doing.
1: Definitely not. Yeah. So, so yeah, I like her Criminal Syndicate. I hadn't thought of that one, but I, I like that you're really planning on the specific crisis and how to maximize it on that crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than trying to maximize a leadership.
0: Yeah. Um, That's really cool. Because not all affiliations are, defined by their le- uh, have, are just defined by their leadership. Some of them are also defined by their game plans. Oh, absolutely. And
1: actually, I think people underestimate that, right? People too often take characters who just look good on paper because they synergize and don't actually think about how they're going to play on the table, where they're going to stand on, on the board, Mm -hmm. And end up being in awkward spots where they actually can't maximize the crises because they don't have someone to grab a particular extract or they don't have someone to stand on a specific point. Yeah. Yeah, I could see other um, crisis setups where the criminals can sometimes struggle to have useful people standing at the back on things like Infinity Formula. Mm -hmm. And Captain Marvel's fantastic on an Infinity Formula. Oh, yeah. uh, You know, a home Infinity Formula getting extra power and blasting into the opponents. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, yeah I, I like her complimenting that game plan a lot. Um,
0: what else do you have in mind?
1: So, we just talked about how having a good game plan might be better than having just on-paper synergy. I wanted to talk about just an on-paper synergy that I like with her, <laughs> which <laughs> is um, with Web Warriors, mm-hmm. and in particular with Spider-Man Miles Morales' leadership. Yeah. So, uh, Spider-Man's leadership is you can reroll the a defense dice, and if you're on an objective, you can re Skulls. And this is great for Captain Marvel. Firstly, because she can be a little bit vulnerable to damage. And having the extra re-roll is always nice there on an okay. expensive character. And secondly, and more importantly, she really wants to be sitting on a relevant secure, right? She can go to all the same relevant secures when she's in Web Warriors to complement them as she can with criminals. Because Web Warriors also have quite a lot of characters that are good at going and contesting. Mm -hmm. and not that many characters that are good at range. Um, And um, when she's on points with Web Warriors, her damage potential is superb because she gets to reroll any skulls in her attacks, which is going to come up quite often when you're attacking twice a Mm turn.
0: And interestingly, in, in a very different style of play from what we've been talking about, she can do a... If someone tries to contest her point, say on that infinity formula that we talked about before... She can do Mm -hmm. attack, attack on someone on a different point and throw them away because she will confirm against those two power and then three power for a throw. Um, And that's a big... And that plays into the already inherent game plan of Web Warriors.
1: Yes, her control aspect does complement the Web Warriors and she's not the best at the control. But you know what? You don't need to be the best character at something to be... To do well in the game plan because Mm -hmm. she's do, of course, that control is a superb option, like you said, while also having this other game plan of doing really good range damage. And I think Web Warriors and Criminal Syndicate, as we just talked about in the back to back, tend to get pigeonholed in this trope of these teams only care about the crisis, they don't do damage. And while that might be true for some of their defining characters, like you can't generally win a game of Marvel Crisis Protocol without ever getting any daisies or KOs, right? Yeah. It's pretty rare. And it can be really, really helpful to have a specific character, especially if it's someone like Captain Marvel who you can keep safe at the back, to have this specific character whose job it is to hunt down those problem pieces that are gonna stop you from winning the game with your primary game plan. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, And Web Wars also has um, a lot of flexibility in the style they play, um, just because of the variety yeah. of characters that they have in their list. So even in, if you want to go more grindy, you can just play a Captain Marvel Venom list and it functions very well as an attrition list,
1: I would imagine. Oh, for sure. You could throw... Yeah, I'm sure it would. You could throw Daredevil in there as well. Yeah. So perhaps you're hitting too many four threats at that point, but you could make it work in some levels. Um, okay. I'm also a big fan, in terms of like a second unaffiliated choice to complement Captain Marvel for that kind of team, I'm a big fan of Baron Zemo
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because he benefits from re-rolling lots of things as well in the same way as Marvel does, and he brings more re-rolls to support the rest of the team. Um, and I like how the two combine together in that Zemo can be your aggressive piece that goes forwards, um, Marvel can hang back a bit, and then the Affiliated Web Warriors can do something in the middle. But mm-hmm. just having those two in your 10-character roster can let you morph into an aggressive team um, if that's something you want to do. For sure.
0: Um, but the next thing I want to bring up is not so much a affiliation as a piece that she synergizes well with. And that is Thanos.
1: Mmm. Yeah, yeah. That seems pretty good. I Uh, mean, Thanos is just like a more synergistic lockjaw with her, right?
0: Beyond that, though, he also has the ability to reposition the opponent into your range. Out Out of threatening Captain Marvel but still within her threat range.
1: Yeah, so he can keep her safe by positioning people away from her, or he can help empower her by moving people into range for her to zap, saving her some move actions. Mm-hmm.
0: And she is a native Avengers character, um, even, that, even though that affiliation is kind of wonky at this point. And Thanos has always been a character I've been side-eyeing in Avengers because of the amount of value he gets off of their leadership.
1: Yeah, he's uh, with yeah with Captain America's leadership, so he can portal for one, and he can boost their damage for one. The value there is great. Um, Captain Marvel is often going to save a power with Captain America's leadership as well, so that's obviously never bad. Mm-hmm. It's a core set combo for a reason. Um, so yeah, I could see that. I could see that working pretty well. Um, I think the challenge there is. Figuring out which rosters you're going to take this combination of fourteen threat plus maybe a gem, and how you complement it. I think you probably want a cheap avenger to round out that team in a lot of situations.
0: hmm Yeah. Um. Though so I I am not one that is afraid of playing very tall Thanos lists as as has been shown by my Spider First list.
1: <laughs> yeah, you definitely could. I could see a situation if you're playing a crisis. Where you can afford everyone to stick together, um, that could work really well, right? If you can just send them all up the middle. Captain America can bodyguard for Thanos and Captain Marvel. Thanos has some control, and Marvel adds the hitting power. Mm-hmm. Could work really well.
0: Well, and the big thing about Thanos is that you can actually play a lot more split out because Thanos has such a range of influence. He most of his influence is at range four. So you can have influence on both threats. Like, Captain America only has range 2 influence. That that causes some issues. But Santos himself, you can have Captain off on a flank and still be able to get the extra attack dice off of her because of the range 4 influence that he has. Or he can still move people towards her because of the range 4 influence he
1: has. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I could see it working quite well on something like Deadly Meteors, mm-hmm. where... um your characters like you have marvel the two captains um have four energy defense which will help you flip and um you should be in a situation where you can basically plan to control two out of three meteors yeah right and um have your overlapping um defensive and offensive powers supporting the team there
0: yeah for sure
1: um very nice
0: do you have any more options you want to talk about
1: so as we're talking about avengers i know they're not fully released yet we have them here in europe but you may not have them where you are um but i think it's worth just acknowledging that uh captain marvel is going to have a new affiliated leader very soon Mm -hmm. in um in captain america sam wilson yeah and um although i don't think we should really dive into detail as uh he's pretty brand new um, I have to imagine that that would be another good home for her.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, I am interested to see how she plays in that. It seems like an affiliation that wants to be playing more smaller characters than a fourth threat. But I do think it is an interesting direction you can go with her.
1: Well, in that box you have a, a team tactics card called the Air Force. Yes, which specifically works for Captain Marvel, right? Which mm-hmm. is pretty exciting. And it's not Avengers-affiliated, so you could play it um, in any squad, but it allows her and um, War Machine to team up, and it's um, like a better version of Follow Me. It lets them spend... One of them can spend three power, and then the other gets to activate after the first in the same turn, and there's no range requirement. So they could even be on completely different parts of the battlefield, Mm -hmm. and you could still get a dual activation.
0: Yeah, and Follow Me is a very powerful card.
1: Yes. Um, that is so only restricted cheaper, by the
0: fact yeah. that it is super expensive.
1: Right, so having a cheaper Follow Me that's even more flexible in range seems pretty good. And although, I mean, the cheaper cost makes it more appealing for Captain Marvel to use, but War Machine is a character who um, has been previewed, so everyone should be able to see him, and... Um, He's a character who is pretty good at generating power. Mm-hmm. So I could see a situation where he, he activates first and spends the power to pay this card so that Captain Marvel has more to spend on her binary form.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see that too.
1: Nice. So, so another good synergy there.
0: Yeah. So that's a lot of options we have talked about.
1: Yes, yeah, tons. Which ones uh, do we want to do you want to look at for list building? That
0: was what I was going
1: to ask you. <laughs> I know. I thought if I got the question in first, then you'd have to answer it, because I'm not sure. Um, hmm.
0: I, I see the appeal of the big Inhumans list. Um, just getting her to buy an A-form as quickly as possible um, and getting yeah. the chance to really leverage that. Um, I'm also thinking of Thanos just because I'm very a Sanos brain player, and I have a lot of experience with building Thanos centric lists that support other characters. Um, so that is something I can play off relatively easily, and that's an in-affiliation option where you can, that really changes the texture of the affiliation, but can play very interestingly.
1: Awesome. Well... You've given me two choices there. I'd like to go for Inhumans, because that's the one that's most exciting to me. Like, really trying to literally maximize Captain Marvel. How can we get the most out of her? I think that might be the spot.
0: Fantastic. So let's start off by getting Mr. Blackbolt in there.
1: Yeah, so he's your five-threat leader, Mm -hmm. bringing the leadership that's going to make Captain Marvel work. And then Marvel as well. Um, We talked about Lockjaw, right? We have to have Lockjaw.
0: Yeah, we have talked about Lockjaw. I think he's going to be... Well, I have not been the most wooed by him, I think this is a place where he's going to be supremely effective.
1: Yeah, and he lets... He makes the turn one binary form plan into something that is legitimately threatening, right? Yeah. And could be an actual strong game plan anytime your opponent needs to be sending models into the middle of the table, mm-hmm. especially if they have priority and you can have the last activation with Captain Marvel.
0: Yeah. Um... Then we're talking about, I'm guessing we want Medusa in here, since she is kind of the powerhouse of the affiliation.
1: Yeah, I agree. And um, she is adding really strong physical attacks, Mm -hmm. which complements Black Bolt and Captain Marvel, um, and is another high-threat target uh, that your opponent has to worry about, which might take some heat off Captain Marvel. Yep. Um. Or vice versa. Um, We probably want some... At least one more affiliated option. Yeah. But maybe more. Uh the choices we have are Crystal, Beast, and Ronan. Mm-hmm. Any you like that?
0: Uh and you forgot one because Quicksilver is also now an inhuman.
1: Of course. Sorry, Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. Um So I think if we've started with Marvel, Black Bolt Medusa, that's huge amounts of damage. Mm-hmm. Lots of like powerhouse attacking characters. Um and lock Lockjaw to maximize marvel i think we want characters who are going to be flexible able to act independently without necessarily a lot of help from the leadership because mm-hmm. that's going to be going to marvel especially on turn one um and who are willing to spend more of their time being relevant on the crises so for me that kind of rules out Ronan just a little bit although yeah. i'd still be open to including him and it makes me look at the three threat characters who are mm-hmm. all who all can do that because they're all fast Right? Mm-hmm. and they can do independent things. Um, of those, Crystal probably cares least if she's not being supported by the leadership, mm-hmm. but I think you can make a case for any of them, and you might even want all of them just for the flexibility.
0: Very fair. I think Beast is the art man out of the group because I feel like unless he's in Avengers, he wa- he's wanting that power feed in so he can do double move throw, um, mm-hmm. which is not really what we're looking at doing. We're looking at feeding into... Um uh, Marv- uh Captain Marvel. So I would be looking at Crystal yeah. and uh I just spoke about Quicksilver. That's the name I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah,
1: Quicksilver also likes to get power, but just a single power is less helpful for him. So you could just plan not to give him any. Yeah. Um which would be fine. Um I think there'll be situations though where you might want Beast. Um if you up- if you have a high threat value, let me think. So Medusa Black Bolt, Marvel is thirteen, Beast brings you to sixteen, add a two threat to eighteen. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe you don't go for Beast. Mm-hmm. But and- I think if you really wanted, you could probably you could probably give him the one power if yeah. you need to.
0: Yeah. I imagine you could, but it's something to be aware of. Yeah. Um And more interestingly, I'm looking at what do these choices add for options of splashes? Because if we're looking at Crystal, that means a very easy splash for A-Force.
1: Right, because we've got Crystal, Medusa, and Captain Marvel. Yeah. We've got two people that can special delivery She-Hulk. You basically only need She-Hulk at that point, and you have um, a solid A-Force team.
0: Yeah. Um, And... Um, Crystal is also this character that sometimes can overgenerate power.
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, she has this awkward thing, right, where she only spends it in increments of four. So she will usually have uh, she'll usually have power to spare.
0: Mm -hmm. So I definitely think we want Crystal in there. Do we also want Quicksilver in this list?
1: I think we don't. I think we want Quicksilver or Beast. Okay. I I think we want someone who's affiliated. Who we can, his primary plan can be playing various different crises.
0: Yeah. And I think Quicksilver out of them is the better one because you can. I think turn one, he is very. You can give up the turn one dream of the binary form to get an extract advantage off of Quicksilver very easily.
1: Yes. Um, but he Just doesn't depending really. Depending on the crisis.
0: Yeah, and he doesn't really need a lot of support past that first turn.
1: No. I mean, it's nice if you've got it, but that's you're absolutely right. He doesn't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's be honest, there's going to be there's going to be situations where you're not going to want to give it to Captain Marvel or not going to be able to for whatever reason. So yeah. it's not like we can't have other characters that want power. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a good plan. So that gives us Crystal, Cripsilver, Black Bolt, Lockjaw and Medusa as five affiliated characters, plus Captain Marvel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we're considering we're strongly eyeing She-Hulk yes I, was... I think i think if we're going for a force um the next obvious choice uh to round out the roster in terms of threat levels and affiliation has to be a Koye, just because we're going to want a two threat and she is affiliated to a force plus mm-hmm. i mean she's great she's a Koye.
0: yeah she she is very much the default answer of two threat characters
1: yeah and i know it's a bit of a cop-out but i mm-hmm. think in this particular list she's It's not just because we think maybe she's better than another character, right? But she's affiliated. Um, She has reliable power generation, which you can use within humans, right? Through her sphere. Mm -hmm. She can generate power and you can give it to other people. She likes receiving power to bodyguard. um, And uh, her bodyguard is super relevant for protecting Captain Marvel.
0: Yes, I, I agree with you on all of those points.
1: Yeah, so I think it's just a slam dunk for Koye in this particular roster. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to um, eight characters. Yeah. Do you have in mind any others that you think are going to synergize with this plan?
0: So it's. um, I have a love of Baron Zemo in in Humans. Mm.
1: I mean, I love Baron Zemo.
0: Yeah, we already talked about him supporting Captain Marvel and being very much a synergistic piece with Captain Marvel. uh, But. If you're not if if your opponent is a little bit farther off the turn one uh charge potential out of Baron Zemo um ends up getting you a little bit more range than the range four attack um that you would get because out of you're
1: doing a double long move rather than just a single medium. Yeah, it makes sense. Well,
0: even uh, the long move, I think, is pretty close to range four. So just the two on top of that, plus base size, is a little bit farther than a range four from base camp.
1: Uh, okay. Um, really?
0: I thought it was uh, yeah, pretty... Either way... Yeah.
1: Me. You could probably be right about that. It surprises me, but I believe it. But either way, I mean, you certainly have a much longer threat range if you are going to double move. Yeah. Um... And yeah, I also like Zemo a lot. Um, So I think he would be a a fine choice. Obviously, his re-rolls are never bad, right? He's going to synergize well with the team, and you're going to take him in specific crises where um, his his strategic genius bubble is going to be relevant to more characters, including Marvel herself.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: So I think that's great. And then we have one more spot. We have quite a lot of three-threats at this point, and a two. Couple of fours, a five and a six. So I think our threat levels are covered. I think it just comes down to synergies. Mm-hmm. Anything you had in mind? So
0: I have this is a personal fascination. It may not be good for this list. Um, but I have a personal fascination with red skull in humans at high threat levels.
1: <laughs> you may Okay, tell me more.
0: Um, so it's I I find uh Lockjaw can, in certain matchups, be too easily controlled where he ends up doing basically nothing.
1: hmm that's fair.
0: Um, and Red Skull is a self-sufficient Lockjaw that doesn't quite have as much explosivity.
1: Uh, yep, Yeah. He doesn't get you as far, but he can do it every turn without needing people nearby, which is more relevant later, and he can contribute from the back with uh, Cosmic Blast and whatnot.
0: Yeah, and he has an amazingly good spender. Uh,
1: yeah, his spender's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, my counterpoint to consider here is if we're planning to build around Captain Marvel, does he do a little bit too much of the same thing as being a four-threat, uh, unaffiliated character making long-range energy attacks?
0: That, that, that was very much, like, I wanted to throw it out there, but that was something that was also pinging in my brain.
1: Uh, let's just think. Could we make it work? So, if we uh, let's just assume that our primary plan is to maximize Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if we take both of them, that's eight threat. So yes. we could do something like Black Bolt, Lockjaw, and Crystal, uh, or you know, two of your three affiliate characters at nineteen. Uh, is that an interesting team, or is it not exciting? That
0: that is certainly interesting to me, at least. But I am. <laughs> willing to play a lot more
1: jank than most people so i don't know um, um mm, it doesn't seem bad i don't know if we can do better um do we have any other so other ways to maximize captain marvel do we want to consider like craven the hunter
0: i am down and, to talk like, about doubling down i am down to talk about craven the hunter because i think he's a fascinating piece
1: yeah he's really cool mm-hmm. um he does a couple of things that are fairly unique, right? His damage increases the same as Lockjaw's, but only he and Lockjaw have access to it, and it has no range limitation. Three powers a bit steep, but hey, in humans you can you can give him that power at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I really like Corner the Beast um, as a way to punish people moving. I don't think it has particular synergy with Captain Marvel. Uh, it's very uh, interesting as a ability in its own right. Um, what did you think about Craven? What did you want to mention?
0: Well, it's more of Craven and Inhumans um, if you have, with the exception of Angela and uh, Amazing Spider-Man, who can move up to a middle objective and then move back, uh, you you can corner the beast, uh, whoever moves up for the middle objective and gets stranded with it mm-hmm. um, and really fuck with them that way, um, especially combined with the fact, and this is the thing I was going to bring up when we got to Tactics Cards, you can turn one, uh, take a step up, and um, using no matter the cost, get a Master Punch on whoever picks up a Central Extract with Black Bolt. Mm -hmm. Um, And throw them into your firing line and really separate them. And adding on a uh, corner the beast on top of that, so if they to really trap them in the middle of your
1: team, yeah, it seems interesting. Yeah, seems interesting. Um, but yeah, I hmm, I
0: don't know if I that like is, him. I don't know if that's the thing we want to be doing in this specific Captain Marvel variant of uh, but Inhumans, or if that is a thing to hold in our pocket for a more generic Inhumans list.
1: Yeah, I think it might be. I think the thing to consider is if we're trying to maximise Captain Marvel, she's always going to be one of our unaffiliated characters, or at least in theory, Mm -hmm. she's often going to be. And for that reason, we only have one other unaffiliated slot. And I think Craven synergy is nice, but the fact that half of his unique abilities are covered by Lockjaw makes me think that it's probably not essential for our only other slot in many squads to be him right i think because we're trying to maximize marvel we're going to be taking lockjaw more frequently and so we need craven a bit less
0: yeah um an offer that i want to put on the table for Mm -hmm. in times we need a more aggressive piece on the table than akui nebula she benefits from a lot of the same things that captain marvel does that we're already planning on doing
1: Right, she gets. She likes the extra damage dice from Lockjaw. She likes being teleported so she can double attack. She's kind of like a two-threat a two version of Captain Marvel, isn't she, in that she's making these energy attacks with full rerolls.
0: Yeah, just a lot squishier.
1: Yeah. Um, I like that she's two-threat as well, because this is a team that has very expensive characters, right, with a five-threat leader, with Captain Marvel, and with an eye to play Medusa when you can. Mm-hmm.
0: And She-Hulk.
1: Yes. Um. Yeah. Do how do I feel about her in A Force? I feel fine about her in A Force. Not mm-hmm. bad by any means. Um. So. Yeah, I, I like it. So I I hmm. I think Nebula is my preferred choice of the ones we've met ne- named so far for the last slot. Mm-hmm. And um, this
0: brings us into a really interesting position where. Where seven out of our ten characters are immune to poison.
1: <laughs> I feel like this is something that you have led me down, like, that you've led me here, and I didn't realize this is where we were going, uh, but this was your plan all along, wasn't it? Uh,
0: No, but I noticed it about halfway through when we put in She-Hulk, and I'm like, wow, most of this team is immune to poison.
1: <laughs> okay, so Captain Marvel is a Cree, so she's immune to poison, all the Inhumans are immune to poison, Nebula is part of robot, so she's immune to poison, and She-Hulk is uh, gamma-radiated, so immune to poison, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. So the only characters who aren't immune to poison are uh, Quicksilver? Quicksilver, and Okoye. Okoye, and Baron Zemo. Oh, and Baron Zemo. Okay. So, yeah, so I assume this is taking us towards the crises, right? And you're yeah. advocating for terrorismists?
0: I, I think it's an interesting conversation to talk about. I don't know if the... I know we were talking about it in terms of criminal syndicate, but uh, would that same game plan work as well with the a force or Inhumans options that we have compared to the criminal syndicate option we were talking about before is a conversation to be had
1: i think it's a great thing you bring up because i think it does my, my my initial reaction is yeah i think it works pretty well because i think it works in a slightly different way where you're probably not planning to have captain marvel specifically on the point mm-hmm. but you're you're having her in in humans You're pairing her with Lockjaw, you're having Lockjaw teleport her, and she is threatening to double attack anyone that goes near her point. Mm -hmm. Right? And And then then you have maybe... Sorry, go on.
0: Uh, And then you have Lockjaw standing on the point.
1: Exactly. Um, And maybe you have another character, like a Koye on that side, uh, to run and get the point on turn one, or Quicksilver, or whoever. Mm -hmm. And then your other powerhouse characters, like, for example, Medusa and Black Bolt, uh, on the other side, doing their own thing on that side of the table, trying to win that flank. Mm-hmm. Something like that could be really cool. Um, I also quite like Terrigen Mist for A-Force, because uh, Special Delivery with She-Hulk is, a, is another good way to secure one of the points. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm sold. I'm all in on this Terrigen <laughs> plan. Um I actually really like it because I think it plays well into Captain Marvel's strengths but also into the strengths of both the affiliations and it's really nice to have a crisis that you can take where you can then choose your affiliation based on what your opponent's playing rather than having the crisis dictate what you have to play. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Another crisis I want to talk about and another one we talked about earlier is Deadly Meteors.
1: Mm.
0: We have a fair bit of For energy defense characters. Um, Yep. I think this would be a much more A-Force leaning one just because the extra power gen cancels out the cost of paying to flip the objectives. Uh, But it's another one where it's dense enough where you can sit Marvel off of a point and she can still influence the game a lot.
1: Yep. Yeah. I think with Deadly Meatures it probably shouldn't be your primary game plan to have captain marvel take the meteors even though she's full energy because it leaves her a little bit exposed to danger but it's nice to have that backup and her ranged attacks like deadly what deadly meteors is great for with captain marvel is just getting other enemies to be in range of her attacks yeah right so she can she can kind of imagine she's sitting um in in her own half of the table kind of in between, forming a little triangle between two of the points, mm-hmm. like the centre and one of the others. And she is maybe a medium move away from both of those points. So she is a little bit out of danger. She's not a primary target. because She's not contesting them. But she can murder anyone that goes on those points. And if she has to, she can do a single advance, throw somebody off, and um, score one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's where I like her in that crisis. And... Um, I think I like A-Force there a lot because of She-Hulk and Drop-Off. And you know what? I don't think um, I don't think Inhumans would be bad. Mm-hmm. I certainly wouldn't rule you out of playing Inhumans if, if I saw you had that crisis and you could play either affiliation.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just being able to pass that power around allows you to make sure someone has the power to flip a point when needed.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So, okay, so let's pencil that in. Um... I think the the third secure that I want to consider in terms of maximizing Captain Marvel is Infinity Formula, which we already spoke about briefly, right? This yeah. the idea that she is so good sitting on a formula generating power. So I think that that crisis is superb for her specifically. But do you think it's the right choice for this roster?
0: I think it works very well with our Inhumans Paul, I think Baron Zemo, who's the character we have on there, and Nebula both really like it. Um, and it mm-hmm. just allows more power to flow through your Inhumans setup. Um, yep. And it means the less investment from the Inhumans to make sure buy A-form every turn.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I agree with all of that. Okay, so, and then once again, you maybe have a game plan similar to the one we talked about with Terrigen Mist, right? You split into two flanks. You have your uh, teleport Captain Marvel onto that point planning to activate last in the turn if that's something that you know the opposing team is going to accommodate you have to make that judgment call but that could be that could be a great strategy and in that particular crisis you don't need a third character to go and get your secure on turn one yeah right so you have even more flexibility of what the rest of your team does to try and win the other side of the table
0: yeah for sure
1: yeah seems good i like it Mm -hmm. cool okay Cool. So we've got some nice variety there of crises in uh, Terrigen Mists, Infinity Formula, and Deadly Meteors. Mm -hmm. And we're at threat levels is 20 and 217s, right?
0: Yeah.
1: So that doesn't seem bad. Mm
0: -hmm. Now we look at Extracts, which I think is going to be a more interesting conversation.
1: Yeah. So I think fundamentally, Captain Marvel is not a character who plays the Extract game very well. Mm-hmm. Because she likes to sit and shoot, she plays the secure game great, but she doesn't often have an eye to extracts. So my initial feeling, and you might be able to show me I'm wrong here, but my initial feeling is that we don't take extracts to maximize her. She tries to play the secures, and then the squ- the roster has to deal with the extracts. But perhaps you have some thoughts on other ways of doing it?
0: So I think that is one way to look at it. The other way is to look at taking roster... Uh extracts out of the equation entirely. Running extracts that are difficult to obtain um, and when you do obtain them, they leave you a vulnerable target Mm -hmm. to prey upon with your Captain Marvels, your Black Bulls, your she hulks
1: Trying to do a damage focused team that is just trying to slow the game down and grind things out.
0: Yeah. Um, The other direction we can go is we can uh, play the extract that acts like a secure.
1: Oh, the research station. Yes. Yeah. Um, if we want to try and dominate the middle of the table, and we want to have uh, Captain Marvel just threatening everything, um, then that's that could be a, a very valid game plan. Mhm.
0: Yeah, and that's a fun um, mission at mm-hmm. the
1: very least. It is super fun. I like it a lot. Um, yeah. Okay. So. I think we've got some interesting choices there. Um, in regards to another extract that I think is worthy of consideration is uh, worthy hammers. I'm accidental pun there. Yes. Um, just because... Um, look, Captain Marvel's great with the hammer because mm-hmm. she gets to re-roll that extra attack choice. Fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's necessarily the character that's going to pick the hammer up, um, but it's good if she gets it um the other reason i like it is because um just as we talked about with the secures you can have a plan where you can eye a half of the table. say captain marvel to deploy near the end of the deployment eye the half of the table where your opponent is going to have to come forward to get a hammer and won't be able to escape very easily yeah usually that's at least one half of the table sometimes both and then you have that same great threat projection right you can have lockjaw teleport forward and double attack anyone with a hammer you know, daze them, pick up the hammer for yourself. That mm-hmm. can put you in a fantastic spot um, in turn one. So your opponent probably is not going to want to risk that. And that could leave you free to grab the hammer if they don't engage.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's that's a very good pull.
1: Yeah, so um, I, I like that one. Also, um, I mean, a lot of the other characters like this crisis. The Inhumans love having a hammer, Crystal mm-hmm. and Medusa especially. Um, and, um, She Hulk really likes the crisis because she can threaten the other side with special delivery. Yes. So you could even have a situation where you had, like, lockjaw in humans, right? Teleporting Captain Marvel on one flank and She Hulk with Crystal on the other. Mm hmm. A true A Force in humans, uh, double team, right? Yeah. And you could have plans to take both of those hammers relatively uncontested against a lot of teams.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Beyond that, though, um, I would point towards Alien Ship. We have a lot of powerful, expensive pieces, so I don't Mm -hmm. mind playing super high threat values. It's also a very slow extract that leaves even the best extract carriers stranded in the middle of the board. Um, And with the range 3 place, there may be ways to set it up. I have not checked this, so don't quote me on this, but there may be ways to set it up where you can threat in all three alien ships from with a lockjaw move just depending on which one i (laughs) wouldn't be surprised
1: yeah
0: just depending on which one gets picked up
1: yeah you probably can you probably can um and certainly if not just with a lockjaw move then certainly with the help of a royal decree on top from medusa right with the insurance leadership Mm -hmm. um so i think that's pretty cool um one thing I just want to do a little bit of diligence on is this is the second 20 threat crisis we're advocating.
0: Mm-hmm. Can we
1: just have a little think about what our 20 threat teams actually look like? And let's make sure we can actually build with, them with the characters we want.
0: Yeah. Um. So we talked about a, uh, there's the potential to do a, uh, let me math, 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 black bolt, nine, 12. 9, th- 12, 15. So you end up going uh, brain, math. I think it ends up being more of an A-Force thing, just at 20, just for the differentiation between the 6th threat leader with She-Hulk versus the 5th threat leader with Black Bolt. Because um, you end up going She-Hulk, Captain Marvel, uh, Medusa, Lockjaw, and Sorry. 6, 10, 14, 17, and one of your three threats. So your Baron Zemo, or your Quicksilver.
1: Or she your pistol. Captain... Okay, so She-Hulk, Captain Marvel medusa lockjaw and a three threat of your choice yeah 20 yeah Mm -hmm. which is probably crystal so that you have so captain marvel isn't the one that has the special delivery and you can have that same split right you can have she hulk crystal threatening one terrigan mist and you can have lockjaw marvel threatening the other and you can have medusa wherever you want Mm -hmm. something like that
0: and that entire team is immune to poison
1: yeah, there you go. Living the dream. hmm So I like that I like that list a lot. It's awkward to do it in humans, right? Because Black Bolt is one less than no. um than She-Hulk. So you end up playing nineteen threat there. Yeah. But um you could do a slightly wider team if you wanted within humans. Or mm-hmm. you probably just save in humans for the other threat value, right? You win priority, you pick in this example, you're in priority, you pick Terrigen. Or your opponent gives you security as you play terrigen. But in either case, the other threat value is the one that gets chosen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then maybe you you play in humans instead of A force. Yeah. for you have for a sure. threat. Mm-hmm. You want to slightly cheaper leader. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So um, for alien ship then, the the same strategies will work just fine. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, and uh, so we've got alien ship as a potential. Do you prefer the alien ship to scrolls?
0: I personally prefer it because it makes Angela's life worse.
1: <laughs> Just because she can't steal one and run away if she's lucky enough to flip it immediately. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's reasonable. I also like the um, the limitation and move actions that can be somewhat overcome with this team configuration where you have Royal Decree and you have Lockjaw's Teleport. Mm-hmm. And Marble herself does not want to be taking double move actions anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, so that seems good. Seems mm-hmm. good. Um, and then do you want to double down and take both of those crises, the Scrolls and the Ship, or do you have something else in mind for the third?
0: Uh, so it's the other one I was looking at is the other end of the spectrum for uh, threat values, which is ma- uh, senators. Hmm.
1: Okay. So, um, the 14 threat, where you still only have a single extract to grab. Mm-hmm. Um, and h- how are you going to make that one work? What's your plan?
0: Uh, it's, you have, I think that one's a little bit hinkier when you look at threat values. Um, that's mm-hmm. another one where you have to play A-Force if you're trying to get Captain Marvel into that squad just because of how math works out. Because, uh... Yes. Inhumans does not have an infillation pointer currently. Right. Um, but you can run, like, a three-wide of Captain Marvel, She-Hulk, and Medusa. Yeah. Which is something I'm not going to scoff at, and it just... Lowing their defense dice, especially with all of your rewalls, is something very scary. And we also have a lot of throws, so lowering their dodge dice is also something very scary.
1: Yeah, um, I like that. You could also run four rides in our roster uh, with Okoye, Nebula, yes. Captain Marvel, and She-Hulk, right? And then Captain Marvel can be the special delivery?
0: Mm-hmm, exactly.
1: And I like Nebula for hunting down the person that has the senator. Yeah. Um, we so sadly don't, options,
0: it sadly does not leave us room for the Lockjaw energies, but I think at low enough point value, we don't need to leverage that as hard.
1: No, absolutely. In this particular example, right, if you're playing this crisis at 14 threat, you have a different plan for Captain Marvel, where mm-hmm. her plan is to empower She-Hulk for special delivery rather than be maximized herself. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. She's still got it. She's still got an important role to play. Yeah. So how do you feel about that one? Um, I think you can definitely make it work. I think our team is expensive enough that I don't love the 14 threat. We've just talked about how you can do it and it's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I respect it. I feel like I'd rather just play scrolls though and throw in another three threat character. Very fair. You know, we have Lockjaw, Crystal, uh, um, or Quicksilver to choose from.
0: Very fair. Um, I, I can definitely get along with that plan. So let's go with Squirrels then.
1: Cool, and that also gives us the option to play in humans if we want to, because yeah. we have more different threat compositions available.
0: Mm-hmm. So that just cool. leaves us with tactics cards.
1: Oh boy. Um, so we want special delivery. Yes. We talked about that several times. Um, now, uh, in terms of maximizing Captain Marvel. She obviously synergizes with A Force cards, but not with the humans. Are mm-hmm. uh, there any particular other cards that you're interested with for her from either affiliation?
0: Um, with her, I think I I think Starwood Determination is a very very strong piece to talk about
1: to stop her being pushed and thrown. Yeah, yeah, I agree because she wants, as we've talked about several times now, she wants to stand still and blast things. If she can stop herself from being moved around, it increases her chance of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's a nice card to have. Yeah. I also really like A Force Assemble, and it can mm-hmm. really help her um, stay alive and do her thing in the right with the right team. And we have a lot of affiliated A Force characters, so we I could see an A Force squad being entirely affiliated and getting quite a lot of mileage out of that card.
0: My only worry with it is we aren't taking any of like the traditional group up. We aren't taking Gamma Waves or demons downtown where i see this positioning working out well for that
1: that's fair it's not going to be very good on infinity formula um i think it's probably good enough on deadly meteors but you're right it's probably less a lower priority pick if we're taking it it's more as a plan to deal when our opponent makes us group up rather than as our primary plan right Mm -hmm. so that makes it a little bit less important to have if it's not our primary plan Okay, so maybe put that one in the maybe pile. Mm-hmm. Also
0: um, in the maybe pile, not strictly benefiting her, but something that she can assist with is Teogenesis. Yeah,
1: she can assist in the sense she can murder people, and she, then they can uh, drop
0: their civilians. So she can assist because with her, with her we will any you can really dial in the amount of damage you want Do you want the so you can leave someone <laughs> on one hp and yes, then have yes. the inhuman pop them for the vp
1: that is super cute um i like that a lot how many extract crisis do we have with civilians we've picked scrolls yes but that... the other two are both assets so i think that's also falls in the category of being one that we're mainly reacting to our opponents mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So I think we could also put it in the maybe pile for similar reasons, but... if we have the luxury to consider cards that we can take as as specific counterplay to what our opponent is doing.
0: But I think it's a very cute
1: card. <laughs> it's really cute. I mean, I um, we play every month. We play a a game um for our patrons on Across the Bifrost, and. Last month, I was playing in Humans and Terra Genesis won me the game. Ooh. Uh, with those two victory points. So, yeah, I like that card a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. I need to remember to submit a team option for you guys and just see if I can get you to play the most janky stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, we already, people, don't worry. People are already way ahead of you on that. So, <laughs> <laughs> that was in Humans vs. Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and it was a lot of fun.
0: I really enjoy the Guardians.
1: Yeah, me too. I think they're they're cool, but um, I don't want to. I don't want to distract us from our important yeah. mission of finalizing these team tactics cards. So, um, we've got a couple of maybes in the affiliated. Do we want any of the other Inhumans cards just for their own merits and their synergy with the affiliation, regardless of the fact they don't work mm-hmm. for Captain Marvel?
0: Uh, the only one I would really be looking at is Inhuman Royal Family.
1: Um, that is the one that lets you uh, re-roll attack dice. Uh, or indeed defense dice.
0: It's once per round uh that the round you played it, you may reroll any number of uh attack or defense dice.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean it's a good card. Mm-hmm. Happy to have it. Uh okay. So that gives us special delivery and Star Wars determination, plus in human royal family, and a couple of maybes in A Force, Assemble, and Terra Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, probably not going to be able to fit five or 48 cards. No, on the I don't think much. so. But, um, so, what um, universal cards do we like? Are there anything? Is there anything from the banned and restricted list? Sorry, obviously not banned. Anything from the restricted list that is especially interesting with Captain Marvel?
0: I, I think Brace is very good. Um, she has this issue yeah. where binary form does not increase her dodge dice. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: so, Brace is, I think, a very solid pull on her.
1: Yeah, I agree. Seems good. And it's especially relevant if we plan to have her near Lockjaw and he's size 3 and can be thrown into her.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think the other easy option is just medpack.
1: Yeah, I mean, medpack's never bad, right? It's also Mm -hmm. useful on, I mean, basically any of the high-value characters, and we have a lot of high-value characters in this roster. So I think the classic combo of Brace and MedPack is a perfectly respectable place to Mm -hmm. start. I think... um, the other options to consider in things like All You've Got and Field Dressing aren't particularly synergistic with Captain Marvel because she tends not to have the power to really use them. Yeah. Uh, um, Like, she she would be a great All You've Got character if she could generate more power. But it's hard to... Like, you, you spend all your time going into binary form, then you make two attacks and generate two power. Well, that doesn't give you enough for All You've Got, right?
0: Well, and it's also you get a new activation, so I think that would end binary form.
1: Oh my gosh, you're right. Okay, so she is... Maybe one of the worst blasters in the game for all you've got. Scrap that card. We're not playing it in this (laughs) list. Okay. Good Uh, to know.
0: A non-restricted card that I do want to bring up, um, which I have talked about earlier in this episode, is no matter the cost. Mm. Has her in the art.
1: (laughs) It does have her in the art. So uh, you talked about how you really like it with Black Bolt, and Uh I agree. Um, do you think it is good for her? Do you think you'd use it with Captain Marvel herself?
0: I think the ability to pull out an attack that deals a, da- uh, a stagger for no power cost, mm-hmm. um, instead paying in health, I think is inherently powerful because of the power level of stagger. Yeah, I
1: mean, stagger's great. Mm-hmm. So I can get behind that. I, I mean, I don't like paying three damage on Captain Marvel. That is a big chunk of her survivability. But I like. I I think it's the kind of card that you would take if you're playing it in Inhumans with Black Bolt and then it's nice to have her as a second option to use it Mm -hmm. if for whatever reason it just doesn't make sense to play it on Black Bolt himself.
0: And the other option that I like with it is She-Hulk. I think turning She-Hulk Spender down to a two is on a character that has a pile of health is not a bad
1: thing. I agree. Um i think that could be just fine um yeah yeah okay i'm i'm not a hundred percent sold on this card but Mm -hmm. i see where you're going and i support it i'm definitely happy to to pencil it into the list Mm -hmm. um we need at least two more universal cards yeah well we don't need them but i think we should be considering them right Mm so um, just so that we have some flexibility in what we're choosing on top of our affiliated choices. Mm -hmm.
0: And one that I've been bringing up a lot recently because I think it counters the new hotness is Marked for Death.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's especially cool with her, right? Because it lets you overcome stealth. Yep. Which is one of the things that might stop her from blasting people at range. Mm -hmm.
0: And Amazing Um, Spider-Man hates this card.
1: Yeah, and Amazing Spider-Man is very... Good at surviving four dice we will all beams because his four dice we will all defenses uh, are pretty good mm-hmm. witty banter is also good because it, it comes in after she's re rolled and can blank an attack so yeah I, I can support that card it's a little bit specific but I think if we're only running three affiliated cards then we can afford to have a specific answer
0: and it's also I think it's a lot more generic than people realize because of just because of that turning movement, to short can really annoy a lot of characters you don't expect.
1: That's fair. I mean, that like it's possible, it's likely that you'll play a game and your opponent won't have stealth, and it's possible you'll play a game and they won't have any uh for their defenses, right? But it's never going to be a case where they don't have anyone that moves a good distance, yeah. So, it, it, like, the worst case for the card might be like making a character like Valkyrie or Thor move slow instead of medium. And actually that can that can maybe cost them an action, right? And be worth it.
0: And even more so, turning a Black Panther or an Angela into a short mover.
1: From a long mover. Yeah. Very strong, right? And especially um in those circumstances, um, turning off things like the Wakandan leadership, Shuri rerolls and stuff can be really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, okay, I'm down for that card. Um, now, normally, a card that would be considered would be bitter rivals, and I do like bitter rivals, but as we mentioned, we're not really playing crises that work well with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so do we just do we skip over it in favor of Mark for Death?:
0: I think so. I think we actually skip over it for the next card in order alphabetically, blind obsession.
1: Ooh, I like Blind Obsession, and yeah, it's really good on Captain Marvel, right? Yeah. up to six dice re-rolls, eight dice otherwise. It you is... You
0: know, I didn't
1: do... Ooh. It is... So go on.
0: It is binary form that doesn't go away against a specific person. And since we're <laughs> trying to pull apart the board anyway, it's not unlikely that she can get into a 1v1. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's really quite likely. And one of the things about Blind Obsession is you don't need to use it straight away right you can use it later in the game when a few characters have been taken out mm-hmm. and you, you can more easily predict those 1v1 situations yeah um it's also good on a lot of our other characters for similar reasons right yeah. like if it turns out that captain marvel never finds herself in a 1v1 you can play it on medusa or black bolt quite happily
0: and the other thing that bitter vifles does that a lot of people don't generally think about is you can play it on a character in a 2v1 to force a specific activation out and like sacrifice that character to have influence on the other side of the board where you have more threat
1: yes it has a lot of depth right because one of the things that i think would work quite well with captain marvel is if you're in a position where you have priority and captain marvel is facing down two characters you can have her play it on the character she's not going to attack right Mm -hmm. kill the kill the one that she is attacking uh, kill the other and um then it's kind of acts like a cheaper binary form right where she gets the benefit from the defenses and if you can do both you can be completely unassailable from this character with four extra defense dice
0: yeah so i think that one just goes right in
1: yeah i love it i i like it especially because it's great with our primary plan and we have backups for using it if the primary plan isn't going to work out Mm -hmm. so i think that's a fantastic choice Uh, Even great on characters like Crystal, right? Where Crystal can attack one target three times and often has the power to use it. So we've got loads of options for that card.
0: So that leaves us with one more slot. And we had a bunch of maybes. And I think there are uh, other cards we're probably missing. I mean, we could talk about Climbing Gear. Um, Mm -hmm. Boring old Climbing Gear. Um, Yeah. To a lesser extent, uh, you could also talk about Battle Lust.
1: You could... Um, I like Battle Lust, but I think Captain Marvel is probably not the spot for it just because mm-hmm. you don't you don't want your primary plans to be moving and attacking mm-hmm. with
0: her. Yeah. Um we're we're talking about a lot of thinner, taller teams, so disarm is not something I would would scoff at.
1: Um yeah, absolutely. Um especially because we've got these plans to do to have um cry to have split crises where repair repairing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the place where Disarm is at its very best. Mm-hmm. When our teams are divided into two, we have two or more characters on either side, so we can use Disarm on either side. We have Priority because our team is lower uh, threat count. Sorry, higher threat count per model. And uh, we simply activate first on one side, do good damage, and then the other, th- the other half of the squad on the other side of the table uses Disarm to minimize the damage they're going to take in retaliation
0: hmm So I, I very much feel like Disarm might be the option here.
1: Yeah, um, I think I've, I've talked myself into it straight away. I think this is the perfect game plan for disarm.: mm-hmm. So that gives us a full list. Amazing. Okay. Uh, so let me see how much of this I can remember, because I've not been writing it down. <laughs> Characters. We have, first and foremost, Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. supported by Black Bolt, Medusa... Crystal, Lockjaw, Quicksilver, She Hulk, Okoye, Baron Zemo, and. Who was the last character? I forgot one. Nebula! Yes! On Nebula! Uh-huh. Last but not least. Okay, good. Then for Crisis, for extracts, we've got Worthy Hammers. Mm hmm. Uh, we've got scrolls, mm-hmm. and we've got Alien Ship. Cool. And for Secures, we've got Terrigen Mists, we've got Deadly Meteors, and we've got Infinity Formula. Yes. I I love, by the way, that our crises are very unconventional, and a lot of people are going to look at them and be like, oh, I don't want to play Terrigen Mists, but <laughs> oh, I don't want to play Alien Ship. Oh. Um, so that's awesome. And our tactics cards... Um, which ones did we choose in the end? We, for Affiliated, we went for Special Delivery, Star Wars Determination, and a Human Royal Family. mm mm-hmm. uh, For Restricted, we went for Medpack and Brace. hmm And our other cards to round out the options are uh, Blind Obsession, Marked for Death, and what was our last card? Disarm. Of course, Disarm. Okay. Yeah, this sounds awesome. I like this roster a lot
0: hmm So, uh I usually do a rundown of the roster at the end of the show, but I think you got it though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm hyped to play this roster. I love the game plan. And I think Captain Marvel is gonna be actually awesome mm-hmm. in this squad.
0: Yeah, I-, I will be really interested to see how this results on the table.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna write it down so that I can give it a go, because I think it's gonna be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And if people wanted to reach out to you, where would they find you? So, best place to go is Across the Bifrost. We have a Facebook page um, by the same name, and we have acrossthebifrost.com. You can find our podcast there. We release every Tuesday uh, afternoon UK time uh, morning for those in the US.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And if you want to find me, I am everywhere at this point. Oh, God. Time to do the (laughs) list. (laughs) (coughs) <coughs> um, you can find my Patreon at patreon.com slash where you get uh, previews of who and what we're going to be talking about on this show uh, as soon as I schedule them, as well as a bonus podcast about me just talking about what I've been watching and uh, the access to the Patreon Discord, which is a really cool place. Um, and then if you want to see me write more formally written... Uh, reviews. Uh, Go to uh, ggypt.tumblr.com and you can see me writing formal reviews there. I'm currently working on Loki, which is an interesting show. I'm not sure how I feel about it
1: yet. I've been enjoying Loki. I like it quite a lot. My thing is...
0: (laughs) No, you're good. My thing is I have not... I don't find it funny and it keeps trying to be funny, and I just keep not finding it funny.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah, I think it depends a little bit on how much you enjoy the characters and whether you're right. I, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is also early days, and I'll be interested to see where it goes.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and then if you want to reach out to me, I am Lexa White on all the MCP discords and g on all the non-MCP discords. Um, if you want to reach out to the show, we have an email address now that is morlocksmcp at gmail.com. So if you want to reach out to the show and maybe send questions or stuff like that to us, you can reach out at morlocksmcp at gmail.com. And then I appear uh, every, uh, most Saturday and Sunday mornings at twitch.tv slash games doing Arkham Hall, the card game content. Uh, every other Monday at twitch.tv slash thefuzzynator doing just generic board game content. And then random days in the late, late evening specific time at twitch.tv slash the board game zones also just doing random board game content there. <sighs> I am at too many oh, places no. right now.
1: <laughs> You're spreading yourself very thin, that's for sure.
0: I have a lot of things I am passionate about, and it's hard to keep up with all of them. But I am having a good time.
1: Yeah, um, me too. Thank you so much for inviting me onto the podcast, Lex. It's been an absolute blast.
0: Thank you very much for showing up. And keep experimenting, people.